This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Cesiaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 5th of May. In your Squids today, the gates call it quits. A deadly crash in Mexico. City slickers flock to the regions. And going off menu. This is your Squiz today. You probably would have heard by now that billionaire couple Bill and Melinda Gates are divorcing after 27 years of marriage. Bill Gates, of course, made his fortune as a co-founder of Microsoft. And yesterday they said they could no longer grow together as a couple. Yeah, they said that they've done a lot of work on their relationship, but they're not going to move forward together. Uh, They met way back in 19. 87. Uh, Melinda was an employee of Microsoft and they met, they became quite serious, uh, so serious that Bill took to a whiteboard and he made a pros and cons <laughs> list. Uh, he was caught doing that and clearly the pros won out because they married uh, in 1994. They have three kids. Uh, the eldest is 25, the youngest is 18 uh, and together they really have built quite something as a couple uh, and have been known out and about, not just in the business world, but also in the philanthropic world as quite a power couple. Yeah, and that's what's getting a lot of attention at the moment, the future of their philanthropic foundation. It's the largest of its type, and it's been the second biggest funder of the World Health Organization after America. In the last two decades, it's put some $50 billion or so into things like tackling malaria and polio eradication. It's also helped with COVID-19 vaccine development and advocated for women's rights. But I'm only human, Claire, and the billion-dollar question is, what's going to happen to all that dosh? Well, it depends really on where in America they get divorced. If they get divorced, for example, in what they call community property states like California, where they do own property, Melinda could be in line for half of the couple's wealth. But reports say that they have reached an agreement on how to divide their assets. Those details haven't been disclosed. They've also chosen already some pretty high profile lawyers to work all of that out. But yeah, lots of questions. And the reason why we had a good look at it yesterday is exactly what that impact uh, might be on the good work of their foundation. It's a lot of money that they do put into uh, very good causes and questions about really what will happen going forward because a lot of people of course don't want to see that effort lessened. Yeah and they've previously been pretty open about giving away the vast majority of their wealth to charity and just a fraction of their fortune, some US 10 million or so for each of their three children. Just a drop in the ocean. Heads continue to butt Claire over the federal government's travel ban with India and the criminal penalties put in place for anyone who breaches it. Yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison hit back at claims the decision was immoral and un-Australian, saying the likelihood of anyone being charged or fined is pretty much zero. That hasn't put critics at ease, though. No, it hasn't. The Human Rights Law Centre yesterday said that it's actively considering mounting a legal challenge. Uh, Also, the AMA, the Australian Medical Association, uh, they've requested uh, more of a hearing from the government to try and really hear what they're going to do to bring vulnerable Aussies home. Uh, They also want to see an improvement in the Australian quarantine system. Of course, what happened last week was the Morrison government said that they're putting that pause in place because they didn't want all of those cases coming. Uh, And of course, what we know is that when that hotel quarantine system's under pressure, there have been breaches and there have been examples of community transmissions. So that pressure still continues to build. 
Yeah, now as for India, the country yesterday passed 20 million COVID cases since the pandemic started, after more than 350,000 new cases were reported. And after a lot of pressure, the lucrative Indian Premier League has suspended its season. Several of our cricketers, including former Aussie captain Steve Smith, are in India to play in that comp. Over to Mexico now, where an overpass carrying a subway train has collapsed, killing at least 23 people and injuring almost 80 others. That metro line is one of the newer ones. It was built in 2012, Claire, and ever since then, there have been ongoing concerns around possible structural failures. Yeah, it's part of the city's rapid transit system uh, that feeds into the metro system. What happened in one of the outer suburbs of Mexico City at just past 10 o'clock local time saw an overpass collapse and two carriages that had just pulled out from a station plummeting to the road below. It's attracted the attention of Mexican President Andreas Manuel Lopez. Uh, He offered condolences to the families. Mexico City's metro is one of the most used in the world, carrying tens of millions of passengers a week. In that part of the world, only New York's subway carries more people every day. I don't know about you, Claire, but I've definitely thought about a change in scenery over the past year, and turns out I'm not alone. 43,000 city slickers flocked to the regions in record numbers last year. You're a city slicker, Simone, but I'm a country girl, and I think (laughs) all the time about moving out to the regions. I love Sydney. Sydney's fantastic, but uh, a bit of fresh air and open space is something that I really yearn for. Uh, And it's interesting to see that clearly a lot of Australians did last year as well. There's been a net... uh, gain for the region's 43,000 Aussies uh, net headed out of the capitals and into the open space. Uh, Part of that reason is cabin fever of the city lockdowns that happened last year. Uh, But also what analysts say is that many city home buyers that have been priced out of the market have looked at options in the regions and made the move. Yeah, that influx of new residents, though, hasn't helped employment outcomes in regional areas where demand for workers has hit an all-time high. There are currently 66,000 job vacancies or so in those regions. According to job seekers, the limited rental options is what's prevented them from going bush. 11 Madison Park, a Manhattan restaurant that's been called one of the best in the world, is famous for its suckling pig, its sea urchin and lavender glazed duck. But you won't find any of those on the menu anymore, Claire, because it's going vegan. Going vegan, it is really part of a trend. What happened was that head chef there, Daniel Hum, who's quite renowned uh, for the work that he has done at 11 Madison, he said that during the COVID period, which of course hit New York City quite hard, uh, he went basically into a truck. Uh, He prepared food boxes and to-go meals for needy families. And he said that that whole experience made him realise that the modern food system wasn't sustainable. And he said that in relaunching the restaurant, it was clear to him that he couldn't just go back to what they were doing. He said that uh, everything we all experienced this past year, we couldn't open the same restaurant. Not changing, though, is the price tag. The restaurant's set menu will put foodies back some $435 Australian dollars or so. Bit pricey, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit past my budget, Claire. (laughs) At least diners can feel good about paying the price, though, with every meal purchased providing 
five meals to people in need. Well, that's something, I guess. You can put your hand in your pocket if that's going to (laughs) happen. Finally, Claire, squeeze the day. Not one I would have given much thought to prior to the pandemic, but it's World Hand Hygiene Day. (laughs) Haven't we all become quite good? And you know what has stuck me with it? I have an Apple Watch and it counts down. As soon as you put your hands under a tap, it counts down 20 seconds. Wow, how cool is that? It's really nifty not to, you know, give a plug. This is a unsponsored plug for the Apple Watch. But yeah, that's really kept my hands um, very, very clean. (laughs) (laughs) What I've got my eye on um, is Ida Buttrow is at the press club today. She's there on behalf of the Macular Disease Foundation. But I reckon, given that audience, she'll probably get a few questions about her role as chair of the ABC. That's a wrap for us today. We'll be back again tomorrow.